everyone! Welcome to another episode of Maya Eileen Talks. Today we will talk about the Star Trek Strange New World crossover episode with Lower Decks. And my guest today is Tommy of Trek Cannon. But first, a note of the host of this podcast. The audio of this episode wasn't great at places, but I hope you will still enjoy this episode. I would appreciate it if you liked this video, subscribe to the channel, and share it with your friends and family. In the 21st century, an away team from the Federation Starship USS Cerritos arrived at the planet Chromat to perform routine scans on a portal found there. While Anson Brad Boilmer excitedly says that it was the discovery by the crew of the US Enterprise, led by Captain Christopher Pike, the founder Trani insists it was found by an Orion vessel that her ancestor was stationed on. When Boimer has his picture taken at the portal, it unexpectedly activates and he is sucked through to the 23rd century meeting the Enterprise crew. While the crew tries to figure out how to send Boimer back to his time, Boimer tries and fails to avoid the Vulgin knowledge of future events. Nervous around the historical figures, he considers heroes. An Orion ship arrives in orbit. Boimer convinces Captain Pike not to fire on the ship, but the Orion beam the portal from the surface and warp away. Boimer helps the crew track the Orions and they trade the grain supplies distant for a colony they were carrying in exchange for the portal. The Enterprise crew transports the portal back to Cromart before Boimer can step through and some Beckett's Mariner emerged from the other side, exhausting the portal's power supply and trapping them in the past. Boimer and Spock failed to synthesize more of the portal's power source, the rare material Horonium. While Mariner talks with Nyota Uhura, her idol, and convinced her to take a break from always working to have some fun. Enterprise engineer Pelia informs Boimer of the irreplaceable nature of the grain they traded to the Orions. And a remorseful Boimer tries to contact the Orions and steal a shuttle to get it back. After Boimer and Mariner are detained and talk with Boimer, Boimer realizes there is another source of horonium on the Enterprise, a piece of the previous ship to carry the name built into the current vessel. On the surface of Cromart, the Starfleet officers encounter the Orion, who receives Boimer's signal. Park explains the situation, and Boimer mentioned that in the future, Orions are no longer seen as dishonorable pirates, and that one of their friends is an Orion. Pike says 
they want to send Boimer and Mariner home and in exchange suggest that history remember Orion scientists discovered the portal. The Orion captain happily agrees. Boimer and Mariner successfully return to the future. Well guys, um, once again I'm welcoming Tommy of Chuck Cannon back. Hello Tommy. Hello, hello everyone. Long time no see. I know, we're back at it again. Yeah. And this time we're going to talk about the crossover of Strange New World and Lower Decks. Oh yeah, oh what, yeah. What is your first uh, impression of it? Oh, I really loved it. I thought it was I thought it was one of the better crossovers that they've had. Yeah, I must say I have postponed to watch that episode for a while because I'm not a fan of Lower Decks, but I really loved this oh. episode. <laughs> a Lower Decks? Oh, that hurt my heart. <laughs> but I love this one and Boimer isn't that much annoying than he normally is. I'm actually, I'm actually surprised. I'm actually surprised you don't like Lower Decks. No, it's not my Star Trek to be honest. Not my track. Then I'd rather uh, watch uh, Prodigy than Lower Decks. Okay, I gotta ask. Why don't you like Lower Decks? Um, I really need to get used to the comedy in it and in the first the first season i ah, couldn't get it okay. and i okay. grounded like okay of course there were great episodes in it like the one with uh tom paris love that one but yeah like oh, yeah, i sure. said it is just not the track i would normally watch but okay you know, um, with me, it kind of grew on me. It, yeah. Uh, it, it grew on me. Um, you know, after, I, you know, I kind of agree with you with, you know, it seemed kind of childish like season. But I think I, as a person that's into canon like I am, all of the Easter eggs and, you know, um, mm, yeah. you know, little throwbacks and callbacks that they have in lower decks always gets me. Yeah, me too. I must say it has started growing on me. In the last uh, few seasons, mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, like you said, how more you're uh, rewatching it, how more Easter eggs you're seeing. So, what I was saying, normally I absolutely get the nerves of Boimer and Mariner, only this time Boimer wasn't that bad. He actually quite nice. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nerves. Oh, okay, I got you. Got you. Former cracks me up. Yeah, he is. He is. <laughs> yeah, he is. Especially with the. Uh, well, the, the funny part was with um, when he did the Riker maneuver on Park Saddle. So, like, if you was to take a Trekkie and just throw them into, you know, a Star Trek, you know, situation, that would, like, if you used to put me, like, one day I just woke up and I was in the Star Trek world, I would handle it just like Barbara. 
Mm. I would find everything fascinating. I would want to do everything. I would want to touch everything. That would be me. You know what I had to laugh about is that scene with uh, Nurse Chapel and Ortega that they mess with him <laughs> in the in the mess hall. I that cracked me up. That was a really a, a nice scene. I didn't really like it the first season. Mm. Her character really grew on me. So, you know, I, I'm like, yeah, the way Nurse Chapel, like, uh, you know, the mess hall. And, and you know, Lord Dex people would have to mess with them. It's, it's, it's all in good spirit. And what I uh, discovered later on when I rewatch, was rewatching the episode again, it has been directed by Jonathan Frakes. The episode has been. But the episode has been directed by Jonathan Frakes. And that's probably why it was such a good episode. Yeah, indeed. So we, we started. You know, whenever, oh, whenever Jonathan Frakes, whenever I see his name associated with anything that got to do with directing a Star Trek episode or a movie, I always know I'm going to get a kick out of it. Yeah. You always will be know that it is going to be good. Yes. I don't think I've seen a Jonathan Frakes directed episode or a Star Trek movie that I did not like. So we start this episode with uh, an animation, an animation form of Lower Decks, and we end with an animation uh, of Lower Decks. What do you think about that? You know, I thought it was pretty cool because, um, you know, we're watching a Strange New Worlds episode, but, it's, but it takes place from the perspective of a Lower Decks episode. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it was kind of like, um, hey, you know, we're we watching a Lower Decks episode that just so happens to feature the crew of the Enterprise, but uh, yeah, it was well done that way. Is there anything you would say of, I would like to see that back in, from Lower Decks or Strange New World? You know, I'm actually surprised that um, they don't have more um, crossovers, you know, especially with all the time travel, you know, shenanigans that they have in Star Trek. Mm. But I would love to see them, I would love to see them do that, you know. Um, it, it, the thing is, right, all right, because you, you know me, I deal with canon. So, mm. so I, I was thinking to myself, I was like, okay, so the first time that um, time travel was featured, right, was in an episode The Naked Time, right? Mm -hmm. And that was after, that was after uh, the, the, the events of Strange New Worlds. So I find it interesting that they would have a temporal directive. Oh, I was saying that... Um, it's odd that they would have a temporal directive um, during that time when the first time travel episode, uh, I guess canonically, would have been a naked time with Kirk. Yeah. So I always found it interesting that they would have, you know, already set up a, a, temp a temporal agency, temporal directives and all stuff like it's just something normal. Yeah. Um, you know that I am not founder of time travel shenanigans, but I did love it in this episode. What do you um, think of... I think in Star Trek they actually do time travel well. Mm. Okay, but that's what I'm uh, getting to is that it's not personally my thing. 
I don't like it only when they did it in the Enterprise. So, uh, yes. I, I take it that you don't like parallel universes either. on I think um so we see Boimer and Mariner reacting from a fan perspective uh what do you think about that oh repeat that oh this reception is terrible hmm okay Boy let me try calling you back to see let me try calling you back to see if the reception improves because you're breaking up real bad. All right. So what I was asking was, um, Mariner and Boimer are reacting a lot from them being a fan of all the characters from Strange New World. Uh, what do you think about that? Mm -hmm. Like I said, that would be the same thing that I would do. You know what? And it's interesting, you know, they, they kept it real because if you remember um, in one of the other famous crossovers, um, the, the uh, Trial and Tribulations, Cisco was fanboying over Kirk. Mm -hmm. it, it, you know what I mean? So, I mean, because he's a lot older and the captain, you know, he he, he, he handled it a lot better. But yeah, man, um, I thought it was great that uh, because Archer, uh, Pike, all of these people in Star Trek canon are super famous. You know what I mean? Mm. So, of course, it should be reflected like that in canon. You know, you, that's like going to the museum and seeing one of your heroes, you know, seeing one of your hero and, you know, and, you know, hero worshiping and all of a sudden you get to meet them. Oh, that'd be awesome. And then, and then the other thing that I thought was really cool, the fact that uh, Mariner was fanboying over your hero. Yes. That's awesome. That's awesome. And of my, course, my girl, you hear it, don't get enough love. Yeah, but also for um, number one. Uh, if oh, yeah, for Una. Yeah, for mm -hmm. Una. In the, with the poster and uh, exactly when, exactly when um, Boimer told her, well, it is because of you I went join Starfleet with that quote of her, you know. As he was saying, mm -hmm. uh, and, and in one way it was very funny because she was hunting them down and, and a bit of it, Laan did a bit the same of, uh, in one way they want to know about the future and then the other way they mm -hmm. didn't. You know, and all right, I'm going to have to tell you, uh, if I was in a situation, I would have broke the temporal prime director so many times that I've been like, look, I really need y'all to tell me what's going on. I had this on my mind. I need to know if I made the right decision. But Una, okay, with the crew of the Enterprise, as far as Strange New Worlds go, Pike and his crew, right? Mm. See, if you think about it, that's the most tragic crew of all Enterprise, of all Star Trek canon because of what happened to Pike. Um, you know, Una was in one episode and then you never seen her again, never heard of her. So mm. it's nice to know that um, that she made a great contribution no matter what ended up happening to her in canon. Um, so it's the same thing with Pike. Um, you know, uh, same thing with Mbinga. So, yeah. you know, we've seen Mbinga, I think, in one episode of... Uh, uh, we've seen him there and then we didn't see him anymore, you know? So 
I think that um, this crew, you know, having having this crew, and then having people tell them, hey man, you know, your life didn't turn out so bad, or if it did, you had such a people that uh they are the most tragic crew so mm -hmm. you know we know what happened to pike and then to have somebody be like hey man um although this you you still had a lot of impact on people um he was never ever seen again and then i have her go on to be a poster child is awesome there was one um uh, funny moment as well when uh boimer Work together with Spock to that experiment, and then it went boom. <laughs> and uh, I had the feeling that Spock was even enjoying himself. Can you recall that scene? Yes, I, yes, and you know it's kind of it's kind of cool how to keep it canon because. Um, you know, if you remember, like, what was it, uh, the, the first episode, he laughed, you know, yeah. he, had, he laughed, he cracked jokes, you know, so, and then, you know, later on, all of a sudden, you know, he just normal the way we know him. So it's cool that they gave, gave a in-canon reason as to why, all right, and I think that uh, as, uh, crazy and like it was cool thing and the way Spock ran away from the explosion like yeah that was really funny I was really think I was really thinking yeah that is you and Spock and uh, that reminds me again <laughs> of that episode but also even Boimer was thinking, dude, why are you laughing? I'm not even, that is not how we know you and not the Spock we need, you know? And, and thinking he broke Spock, that's the greatest saying ever. I broke. And Jadzia had the same thought when they seen young Spock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One second. So, um... There's also a moment, and I do think that um, Boimer said something very wise, and that was about Pike's surprise party, birthday party. Do you mm -hmm. think he's right in that? Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. You know, um, it's through first season and second season, and we and everybody who's familiar with Pike knows. Well, you know how he's going to end up and how messed up that is you know and um it seems like sometimes in a season they kind of stray away from it like oh you know get away from it or you know it's not going to happen but we all do so it was cool how with telling them you know having him go to the party without telling them you know kind of why because they all kind of knew what it was i thought it was kind of heartfelt and i thought that gave a, a sense of death mm -hmm. that was pretty cool of them to do yeah, and there, um, there was another... They normally make Boimler seem like he just, you know, like like sometimes you wonder, how in the world did he get into Starfleet? And then sometimes, yeah. be, like situations like that, you'd be like, oh, okay, now I see why he's a Starfleet. Yeah, and that's... Um, 
also with that he is um he I don't know, he, he doesn't do that on purpose, but he is still um, having the knowledge, of course, from the future. And for example, oh, yeah. when uh, when they encounter the Orion, Boimer is still using mm. his knowledge from the future to say for example to pike uh those orions are scientists and uh, <coughs> they're not they don't want to harm you they are not those are not pirates the uh, i have a uh, great granddaughter of one of those orions on my ship working together as a colleague mm -hmm. handy and um you see that he he doesn't want to do that on purpose, but he still blurs it out. Um, what do you think about him being that way to Captain Pike? You know, if the if you find yourself in a situation where you know the outcome and you know how things are supposed to go and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, mm -hmm. I know it'd be kind of hard, especially if you see that might it might have the potential to go off tracks and everything like that, to not jump into it. But I do love the leeway that they gave him, uh, like especially when they had to track the Orion, when they had to track the Orion ship. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Well, if we don't look, yeah, <laughs> if we don't look at him, everything should be okay, right? <laughs> yeah, that was so. That was funny, and, and you know, and and that's what I do like about Boimer. Here's a disaster at times, but he knows what he's doing. Yes, that's exactly what I mean. And I think you know, there's there's times where you'd be like, "Oh, now I see why you are Starfleet officer." Yeah, but you also can say that from Mariner. Mariner, yeah, she is just chaotic, and I think the weird thing is that she is serving under her mother and <laughs> we all know that's never been done in Starfleet yep. and also in nowadays if you see in the uh, forced uh, occupations like military you can't serve with or under your one of your parents or family member mm -hmm. so that's always a bit a, a, a cheeky thing i think from lower decks um well i don't i don't think nobody else would have had her <laughs> yeah <laughs> they can't you know, handle her reminds, now this is gonna blow your mind you know who she reminds me of she reminds me okay i don't know if you remember the next generation episode rascals where uh, the uh, uh, Rolaren and all of them got shrunk down to kids. Yeah. Right. She she reminds me of what um, like what the end result of um, Guinan trying yes. to convince Rode to just be loose. Yes. She reminds me of like okay if she finally let loose, she still wouldn't care about rules and regulations and none of that kind of stuff. She reminds me of if Rolaren wasn't so uh, uptight that if yeah. she finally let loose and. That's who she reminds me. It's probably why I like her so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think about the uh, Orions? You know, 
Okay. The Orions are touch and go depending on the episode. All right. I'm used to Orion men being big old muscle yeah, bound, yeah, Andre yeah. the Giant type dudes. And I'm used to the Orion women being fine and have their pheromones, right? Mm-hmm. So depending on the episode, you know, the Orion female may have a, her pheromones, in which case I'm, all right, great, that's canon. But then you have episodes where you got this little skinny Orion dude like they had on a, in that particular episode, I'm like, that's an Orion dude? <laughs> that dude kind of small right there. But um, I do like the fact that they go into the Orions a whole lot more than any other series has. Mm-hmm. Um. Sorry, guys, but I'm going to jump again. Um, I do think uh, those two coming from the future has a good, uh, good is a good thing for the crew of the uh, Enterprise. Cause mm-hmm. if we also see of Ohura, uh, Ohura was just working herself to death, and Mariner mm-hmm. got her to relax. And and then I wonder if that was a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think so. <laughs> I think so. You would, you yeah, you would think about think of that, yeah. But mm-hmm. it was it was really nice because uh, when Uhura relaxed, she could this uh, cyber the language notion language she was looking mm-hmm. at. Yep. You know, Yes. you know, I got to tell you something about this episode that since the first time I've seen it, it stood out and it's been sort of a sore thing with me. Uh, She was looking at that tab, sitting at that table with, uh, with uh, Ortega and, uh, and uh, what was it? Well, with the other lady, right? Uh, Mariner. They were sitting there and on her pad real quick when she was doing the translations, you seen the word Cardassian. Now, mm-hmm. that had messed with me. Yes, that messed with me because there was no Cardassians uh, in that time frame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's going to get loud again. They're knocking on the door. Hold on. Okay. Uh, so, I was like, hold up. How are they going to have... No, nah, they didn't have Cardassians. But there was. <laughs> <laughs> so... That's my little pet peeve. Um, I'm not gonna mention that no more. <laughs> you know what I personally think? In that scene, I think uh, Mariner wanted to uh, get her drunk. And mm-hmm. if you see uh, in the ending of the episode when uh, everything is uh, uh, animated again, you see that they tried that drink again and everybody went, wild in imagination and yeah, Spock's arms were weird and whatever else more. So I think Mariner also, uh, I don't want to say manipulated it, but more like, yeah, fooled she, she them. She helped it along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, she motivated him. I, yeah, I got it. Mm-hmm. She motivated him. So I got to ask, right? Um, I wonder how Oh, I was wondering how long it was that Una was thinking that that pinup poster was another type of poster. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. I have 
you, you know she had to think of it. Yeah. You know she had to think of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's what she said. And and then uh, Boyma said, well, it is because of the quote. I can't remember, remember what uh, exactly the quote was. Um, I think it was Ad Astra Peraspera. Yeah, so it's something like that, yeah. And mm-hmm. when she when she heard that 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 was on the poster, she, uh, she was, I think, in one way thankful, but also emotional in the way of, oh my God, they see me not m- anymore as uh, the argument I am. Mm-hmm. And I think that do her good because also what I'm thinking and I'm thinking that now. Uh, I'm wondering what happened to Una after Pike when Pike died. Exactly. That's why I say the most the most tragic of of uh, of the crews, because so many of them you just be like, I wonder whatever happened to them. I wonder what happened to them. You know. Yeah, but well, we have to wait. Of course, season three is coming uh, along, and I also heard, of course, that uh, the movie of Section Thirty One is start filming. That's because they was on my channel looking at uh, uh, Star Trek movies I like to see made, and they seen that one and was like, "Yeah, that's a good idea." Yeah, <laughs> I think it's gonna be I mean, a lo- it's gonna be a lot better than uh, Star Trek Nemesis that I saw yesterday for another episode again. So. Uh... Oh, I'm sorry you watched that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did have a new uh, episode uh, this weekend. Uh, as Star Trek Nemesis for uh, my Dutch uh, track podcast. So, uh, yep. A lot to talk about, a lot to say about. <laughs> you know, hey, did you know that um, uh, it's interesting that they had Cardassian on it because Set League 3 was where Chief O'Brien fought the Cardassian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I wonder if. Um, if that's why they had the Cardassian there, because they had the cyclic uh, reference in there. Yeah, maybe. And boy, if I could ever get my hand on some quadrophilic Haley grain, I'd be all right. <laughs> that's right. You could use that grain for everything, even though Orion's love it. <laughs> so what do you think of the whole episode? Oh, like I said, I thought it was great. I thought it was the second best crossover that they've made. Mm-hmm. Nothing to beat trial and tribulations. No, nothing to beat that. But... That one was awesome. Do you think there what will? About you? Do you think um, there will be more crossovers like this in the future? I'm pretty sure there will be, especially since the success of this one and the success of Trials and Tribulations. So, um, you know, especially with the, uh, it looks like they're trying to make a uh, Star Trek universe or something like that, especially with all of the series that they got coming out. So, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them. And I would be looking forward to it because um, I wouldn't mind seeing a crossover between something like, you know, maybe seeing Harry Kim as a captain, you know, roll in on one of these shows or something mm. like that. I think that would be great. Yeah. Okay. Um. Um. There was a um, Facebook message on, yeah, Facebook, <laughs> and uh, there was that uh, Shirok told them that. Uh, there was a uh, missed opportunity in Picard that he wanted to make a cameo. 
And I had the feeling that he was a bit of a jealous. What do you think about uh, if uh, Jake Sisko has come back in a cameo like Wesley Crusher did? I'm surprised that they haven't asked him. His father is one of the if one of, if not the um, most loved captain in Star Trek history. Yeah, I mean, second only to Kirk, probably. Everybody loves Cisco, so it's interesting that none of them, you know, none of the DS9 crew has made any types of um, appearances in any of the new shows. That that blows my mind. No yeah. Dax, no Kira, no Jake, none of that. But I do think that uh, if Jake would come back in Picard, it 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 isn't the right series for it, to be honest. Oh no, no not for Picard, no. Mm -mm. Well, um, I don't know because they do share, they do share, you know, the fact that Picard killed Jake's mom. So, mm, mm. you know, that may be that may be a way of reconciliation between the two. I mean, that'd be an interesting storyline to explore. Hey, man, you killed my mother. <laughs> yeah, but didn't, didn't they do that with um, Benjamin already when uh, Benjamin came to Deep Space Nine to take command and Picard had to uh, instruct him what he needed to do? Oh, yeah, and he never, and, and according to that episode, he never uh, forgave Picard for none of that, man. He was no. like, yo, man. <laughs> and that was maybe an. A different of course we have those episodes in this space nine that they have an older jake and that benjamin is coming back for a few minutes and then had to go away again um oh that episode made me cry <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome episode that was an awesome episode okay okay just had to say that <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I don't think uh, maybe in another um, in another series. I don't know what or why or maybe he could be a correspondent for uh, in uh, se uh, section thirty-one. Who knows? As an intel. That, uh, that would be interesting. It'd be totally against his. His, uh, hey, I'm finna go right and be an author thing, but maybe that'd be his, uh, undercover thing. But as far as Picard, I don't think that they should make another season of that. I think that the last season that they had of Picard with the crew of yeah. the next generation and how they ended that was just totally beautiful. They should just let that be that way. Yeah, what I, and I heard just, um, a couple of days ago that, uh, of course the rumors were there that, um, Sir Patrick, is do still want to do one movie with the TNG cast? Mm -hmm. And now I heard that they uh, writing it at the moment. So and he well, is part of it. Well, that'd be interesting because they all kind of way up there. They if they was to make a movie now, they would be older than the original crew in their last movie. Mm hmm. You know, what, Sir Patrick Stewart is almost, what, 80? <laughs> he oh, is, goodness. if I'm correct, about 83 or 85, I can't. In in that, yeah. But it, he looks good for 80, 83. 
True, but he still can't be dive rolling on people like he used to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I do think maybe they can, um, and that's what I'm thinking now. You know the open end of Picard in a way that Q's coming back to hunt Jack, his son. Ah. Uh. And maybe they can involve that as in a movie. Ah, okay. Have Q come back. See, anything with Q in it will always be welcome in my heart. That's just, that's just that. I don't care if you bring Q back just to, that was my highlight of season two, even though they messed him up a little bit. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but still having him there was awesome to me. All right. Um, if it, going back to the episode, <laughs> because we are <laughs> way over apart again but okay no problem you know how we get you know how we, get. You we know, how know we get. yeah you know how we are with talking about star trek yes it it, it 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 starts with star trek and goes off into every awesome sci-fi everything yes you want the okay do you want a big spoiler from star trek online do i have a big spoiler spoiler for star trek online I have a big spoiler from Star Trek Online for you. Because uh -oh, uh -oh, uh -oh. we uh, we were talking about Harry Kim. So right. in the game, Harry Kim already been altered to uh, a Kabali Kobal person. And now we have this Terran, um, Borg Terran storyline. And now his Terran counterpart has become the Borg King. Yeah, oh, get out of here. Let's see that. Mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> see, no, mm -mm. see, that's why I don't know if I play Star Trek online right there. <laughs> I would have had to. Put I would have had to put down my controller right there and turn the whole game off. Nope. Mm -mm. No. Nope. And then I would have to make a video about that. Nope. Mm -mm. I nope. have a video about the from the whole the whole episode. So I can give you that link if you want to watch uh, what the uh, <laughs> what the whole episode oh. is. Oh yeah, definitely send that to me because oh that 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 deserves a whole big old no no no. And you know who is in there as well? Who? As Redax. As Captain. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And <laughs> Julian Bashir as her husband. They just reaching. <laughs> they was reaching. Yeah. They was reaching on that. Mm-mm. Nope. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't even see Ezri staying with Julian. I don't even see that happening. No. Nope. Well, they have the romance <laughs> in, in Deep Space Nine. Yeah, but Dax has a fling with everybody. The only person she was serious about was Worf. No, <laughs> mm. mm. no, nah. nah, I don't trust that. I don't trust that they stay together. Nope. <laughs> I mean, Ezri, Ezri, Dax. Right, you can't go from Worf to Julian. How did it work? No, mm -mm. they no. did because um, Worf thought he he had difficulties with seeing her as uh, as Redux. He thought it was um, Jacia. Oh, but yeah. after yeah. after a time, he came loose of that. And they still be, they still were close, but not as a romantic couple. 
But think about it. If you Esri Dax, right, and you didn't just woke up the morning after with Julian Bashir and you have memories of having been with Worf, I don't see how you enjoyed your night. Nope. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. No, you can't go from a Klingon war to a that. No. Well. <laughs> link of our, I will send you uh, the link when uh, I put it again online because I'm going to uh, record it tomorrow for my fleet so I will play the episode uh, as well then so uh, I will show you uh, I will say I will give you the link then oh, definitely. Uh, and then we both gonna have to talk smack about that one okay <laughs> you're right on that I called you to that that's gonna be a good one Heck yeah! Like what? The Terran, the the Terran Kim is the board king. No, no, we're gonna have to devote a whole thirty minutes to that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting storyline, and I must say that it is. Um... Oh, and there's another thing in that episode. You uh-oh, uh-oh. will be really assimilated as a drone. I'm sorry. Did you say Q? No, I said. You will be assimilated as a drone. Oh, okay. I thought you said Q was assimilated as a drone. I thought that was like, I was like, no, no, no. No, but that is a, that's oh, that is the first that's the first time you play as an assimilated drone, and then Ashri Dax will um, give you some uh, hyper thingy, and then. You're back to normal again, and then later on, Deep Space Nine, you will uh, be treated by Julian Bashir, and then uh, you're normal again. Oh, well, that's cool. As long as I get to assimilate somebody, I'm fine. <laughs> no, you get assimilated. <laughs> that's what. <laughs> Shoot, I'll just go around for a while and just start seeing if I can assimilate a ship. That, that'll be a game to play. Well, I, you know what I did? When I got the, uh, the nanopro thingies for my ship, I I um, I assimilated Deep Space Nine, or in this case, Torragnor. I even oh have a picture for it. I have a picture for of it. I will send you to it. Oh, you gotta send me that. Yes, you gotta send. Me that. I gotta send the border phone. Yeah. So that's the thing that you can do in game. <laughs> um, that, that is something that I would do. Yes. Okay. Um. Well, at the last point, that when Boimer and Marnie is are going, uh, beam down to the planet. Uh, Spock gives Boimer a Falcon salute. Did you see his reaction mm-hmm. to that? Yes, pure, pure, pure joy. He was in shock. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like, oh. Think of it, bro. That's when, when the episode first started, he was talking about the picture um, that he would like to have a spot doing mm. just that in front of the thing. So, yeah, so, you know, to have that happen. Yeah, man, I was like, oh my God. No, me, I would have forgot to take the picture, though. <laughs> 
I do like what Marin was saying that she was gonna walk around taking pictures, taking pictures with everybody, so she could show them to her grandmother in the future. Yeah. I'm talking about something. Oh no, maybe. <laughs> well, I do yeah, think. Yeah, that was a great episode. Yeah, it was a great episode. I do think that um, that they did a great job as well in the animation, but as also in, of yes. course, uh, in that, but also in the whole storyline of the episode. Mm-hmm. Is there, I agree. Is there anything you would like to change was, in this episode? Um, actually, no. I think they did a great job. Yeah, I, think, I do yeah, think so. I think they yeah, they did a great job. Um, is there anything else you would like to say about this episode? Um. Well, just keep them coming. Like I said, I like um, I like Lord Dex a lot. You know, um, it's not one of my problem kids. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I like the humor. I like the Easter eggs, and I do love the references that they always make. You know, like you know, oh my cue. Like I, I love that. <laughs> you know, they talking about some. Oh no, they don't know cue, man. They have more of a Charlene thing. Oh, that's awesome to me. There was mm-hmm. another. There was another uh, scene that I want to talk about is um, mm-hmm. uh, the scene that Mariner told Pike that Boimer would dress up as him when it was uh, Halloween. <laughs> and you remember what uh, Boimer said to Pike as well, Yo, you have great hair. And a chiseled chin. Yeah, and but also that reminds me of that picture that is going on on the web um, that they make Pike's hair so high that they call it Pike Mountain. <laughs> or Johnny Bravo. I've seen that. Yes, I've seen that. He do have a tall. He does have tall, perfect hair. Yeah. Um, but I do. Mount series is its own thing. Yeah, but I think this. Uh, you see that there's a lot of humor as well in this episode. Mm-hmm. And I think that's mm-hmm. one thing that I really like about it. And that's what I'm saying. You know, when um, you mix Lord Dex in, because you know the basis of the show is, you know, humor. Yeah. So you know you can't throw the lower deck screw in with a serious situation that's going on but yeah I like I, lo- I love the way they did it yeah me too well if I'm uh, taking a look at the rating of IMDB it's an 8.3 for this episode what would you rate it oh I'm with that eight yeah I'm with that eight out of ten okay I told you can't be trials and tribulations that's a nine so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, I think uh, we spoke a lot about this episode. We had a lot of talk about uh, Troy and, of course, other stuff again. Of always, always. As always. <laughs> so, um, Tommy, thank you very much again for this lovely talk. And oh, um, any time. We will talk uh, soon again, and that was probably about uh, witty uh musical episode of strange new world uh bring it on 
And I'm going, of course, I'm going to put the other one of uh, this Star Trek Online uh, episode uh, also on it. So, um, yeah. Thank you very much again. And uh, I see you next time. Oh, thanks for having me. Always. Thank you for listening. And join me in two weeks for a new episode of Maya Eileen Talks. The next episode is about... Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You can find the Maya Eileen Talks podcast on Spotify, Anchors, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and of course on the YouTube channel or join the Facebook group. I also have two other podcasts called the Dutch Ready Room Podcast and Girls Talking Track. The Dutch Ready Room podcast is a podcast for all the Dutch trackies to talk about everything Star Trek. Of course, this will be spoken in my native language, Dutch. You can find the Red Dutch Ready Room on the Facebook group and YouTube channel. Ghost Talking Track is a track podcast that I used to do with my good friend Amanda. But since her passing, I'm doing the podcast alone. So I'm still looking for another track friend who will and have the time to recap with me every two weeks an episode of Star Trek. At the moment, I'm re- I am recapping season three of Star Trek TNG.